Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. It's another edition of the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show. This is a second Live on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and on demand online at n8sportspage.com. When we step on the floor, every second that clock is ticking, we are pedal to the metal. From Londonderry to Lebanon, Nashua to Newport, Summersworth to Salem, and Keene to Kennett, the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show covers all the teams. We run the ball, we pressure the ball, and most importantly, we control the tempo of the game. With Pete Derrier and Dave Haley on ESPN New Hampshire Radio and online at edsportspage.com. Hour number two, the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show. This on Divisional Saturday in the NFL, the Patriots and the Houston Texans tonight. We got the TV going in the studios at ESPN New Hampshire and Nashua, and they got the NFL Countdown show on ESPN. And the countdown to kick off right now, six hours thirty-two minutes away. I think it's that Seattle Atlanta game, and then the Pats in Houston at eight fifteen. Should be a fun weekend of football. They had to move that Kansas City Pittsburgh game because of an ice storm heading towards uh, the middle part of the country. Yeah, I don't know what that was. <laughs> but the game's now tomorrow night. It was supposed to be a 1 o'clock kickoff. They moved it to tomorrow night, so we're going to have some nighttime football tomorrow night, playoff style. Yeah, I think it works out well for them. They get to have their prime time. Here's game. the only thing I don't like about it. If the Patriots win, which I think they will tonight, we got to wait until like 11, 11.30 tomorrow night. We have to stay up late to watch who wins that Kansas City-Pittsburgh game to figure out who we're going to be welcoming in next week. But Monday's a legal holiday. Not for me. i got to work Monday. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I can stay up. There you go. (laughs) I can stay up, too. I'm just going to regret it in the morning. All right. uh, we got a a great hour uh, still left to go on the program. Keith Maddy from Lebanon will come on uh, in a few minutes now, talk to us uh, about how he feels now having 301 Career I don't wins. know if Justin McIsaac's going to want to talk this morning. I don't know. Yeah, he after Spalding getting Boy, blown he, he a, out he had a tough night. the way they did. Uh, but before we get to all that, why don't we hit up another Beals Insurance scoreboard. Dave Haley's got it for you. The Beals Insurance Scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. Speaking of Bedford... Bedford down four with .9 seconds left last night in that game. Pretty much no way that they could force overtime. But Connor Crowley hits a three and gets fouled by Mike Fiacco. Hits the foul shot. They go to overtime, and Bedford beats Winnicott at 69-65 to go to 5-1 and one on the season. Better when- read the last part of that because it did happen. Pete wants me to read that after the game, after Bedford won, who, who, oh, Connor Crowley tweeted, Good pick to at Pete Terrier, who is the only one to pick Bedford and staff picks. Yeah, I did ignore that in the first hour. He honestly did. These kids and staff picks. Boy, Winnicott could have used that one. So Winnicott is 4-3, by the way. Good win for Bedford. 5-1 on the season. Uh, They had a tough week, Winnicott, losing a game we covered on Tuesday night. Uh, against Spalding, and then they lose last night. They're 4-3 on the season. Merrimax, 5-1, 61-54 win over Concord. Ian Cummings, 27 points. Matt Rue with 15 points for Concord. Again, Dave Chase's team, 1-5, but they've lost a lot of close games. They're playing people tough. No easy nights in Division One. Exeter is 5-1, 78-63 win over Londonderry. Cody Morissette had 29 points. Steve Natola, 17 for Exeter. Jake Coleman had 29 points for Lancers, scored his 1,000th career point. We had two players... Score a thousand points last night. Score their one thousand point last night. So congratulations to him. Lundary three and three on the season. Break up Dover. Break them up. 73-62. Dover is two and four of the season. They won two in a row. They beat Manchester Memorial, who falls to two and three. Devin Katie, 20 points. John Cantwell, 19. Tyler Vicko, 17. He used to play men's league with Tyler Vicko's dad. Great guy. Uh Dover knocks him off. Jake Carey, 21 points in the loss for the Crusaders. They're two and three on the season. 
Nashua North gets their first win of the year. Shocking that I'm saying that on January 14th. 56-38 win over Manchester Central last night. Alonzo Litton and Levi Goslin, 20 points each for North. Uh, Dave Keefe unable to be there last night. Apparently he has an Achilles injury. Where's Dave running to? How's he hurting his Achilles? I guess he hurt it in practice. Oh, God, I feel terrible. I'll have to text him. Rich Otis filled in. I was texting with Rich last night, but I didn't know he coached him, so... Uh, capable replacement, but Nashville North gets You've the You've got to read Roger's story in the Union Leader because Otis has some great quotes. All right. I mean, just like angry, we can't do anything, no one can any shots. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Regan gets a win at BG last night. They beat Nashville South. Pete Terry's 60-52. to 52. Isn't it nice, Sean? You and I are all Mamadas won last night. It's too bad for Pete's didn't win, huh? You know, that's what happens when you have some good teams. The room is two and one. They lose to their rivals. BG, uh, Clay uh, Crowell with 18 points. Mike Rinko with 17. BG, two and three on the season. Nashville South, two and three. Break them up. It's not fair to the other Division One teams that the Alvin Broncos are in D1. It's not fair. Four and one on the season. 66-51 win over Pankerton. Jack Brown with 19 points. Max Bond allows 17. The Twitter Assassin's little brother. Jay Reynolds, 22 points for Pinkerton. They fall to 1-5. The Broncos are 4-1. Sean Sendall pumping his fist. Go ahead. I'll give you your five seconds of glory. Go ahead. I told you. Playoff team. Make some noise. That's, that's it. We missed that. We missed the Broncos alums. Missed that. There Make you some go. noise. 4-1. Brian Lynch doing a great job over there. Uh, game that I was at last night with Justin McIsaac, 76-42. to Portsmouth moved to 7-0 all over Spalding. Justin McIsaac uh, took a shovel into the woods, dug a hole, and sat in it. I hope that he's gotten out of it, and I hope he had at least a blanket on him last night. Spalding still 5-2. Cal Conley with 15 points, but big night. Uh, Sean Parham had 10 points in the first quarter. Joey Glenn returned. Uh, Cody Graham had 15 points and about 7 assists. He played really well. Mike Sanborn hit threes. Alex Tavares ran the floor. Everybody did their job last night. Portsmouth played really well, and they're seven and zero. Oh, we'll talk about that. And them. a huge crowd, huge crowd. All the highlights on ansportspages.com. Uh, Salem uh, goes to three and two, 62-40 win over Trinity last night. Griffin Curtis, sixteen points, twelve rebounds. Uh, you can see all the scoring leaders on ansportspages.com. Uh, as we continue to fill them in, the, the parents that uh, register, it's pretty cool. They get their son's color picture. So get on it, get your kids colored in. It looks cool. Uh, Griffin Curtis. Uh, with a big night for Salem. In Division Two, an upset last night. Campbell with a 61-55 win over Pelham. Division Three, Campbell goes to 5-1. and one. Uh, Two in a row now. Losses for uh, the Pythons after a 4-0 and start. Kyle Frank had a big game for them, but Campbell with the W. I'm going to see Campbell on Tuesday night against Belmont. Bishop Brady with a 53-38 win over Kingswood. Bishop Brady goes to 3-1 on the season. Hanover gets their first win. They're 1-4. 77-64 win over Sauhegan. Benny Gantress with 29 points. He had six threes. Anderson Jafard with 17 points for the Sabres last night. They fall to 1-6. Good win for Danny Bryson's team. I thought this was going to be a tough matchup for them, but they they came and they played really well. They got a nice win, 59-47 over previously unbeaten Hollis Brookline. That's 59-47. Jacoby Burpee had 25 points for West. Matt Simcoe, 19 points for Hollis Brookline. Uh, John Stark, unbelievable game last night. Kenneth ties it with a three-pointer in the last five seconds at 55 John Stark comes down and drills the three. Not great transition defense, and John Stark has an open look and drills it to win 58-55. John Stark 3-3 three three in the season. Kennett is 0-6. Lebanon with a 45-42 win over Plymouth. We're going to have Keith Matty. We like happy coaches. He'll be coming on. Uh, Lebanon goes to 5-0. Ryan Milliken, 15 points on the night. Keith Matty won his 300th game earlier in the week, so he's at 301, moving towards 400. Uh, and, uh, Did you know the Lebanon girls coach, Tim? Is it Tim Keogh? Yeah. He won 500. Yeah, Buddy Trask has won 500. I don't think there's many to have out there ever. That's unbelievable. Uh, Milford with a 57-53 win over Wyndham. Evan Ryan, 24 points for Milford. Kyle Rambis uh, with 15. Uh, Ryan Spanaskevich, uh, newest uh, premium access member of our website. So he's got his color picture. So thank you to the Banaskevich family for supporting us. Pembroke with a 57-54 win over Oyster River. Jake Sherman, 29 points. He hit six threes in the second half. Uh, Pembroke three and three in the season. Lauren Lucas's team is one and five over at Oyster River. Stevens another crossover game. They get the win. Division three was two and zero against Division two last night. Seventy one fifty four over Conval. D three Stevens got twenty points from Noah Spalding and fourteen point sixteen rebounds. A double double from Zach O'Brien to beat Conval in Division three. The game of the night. The only game that truly mattered. Guilford. Goes to Berlin and wins 40-39. to Mason McGonigal, 15 points. Ethan Carrier, 
uh, with 11. Uh, the Golden Eagles have won four in a row. And if you heard the first hour of the show, Eric Saucier said he will concede and forfeit any game that he has to face Guilford in, which I think is really nice of him to do that. Summersworth with a 56-43 win over Laconia. Summersworth 7-1 on the season. Evan Gray with 20. Bright and early 19 for the Toppers. Belmont, who we're going to see on Tuesday night, squeaks out a 51-50 win at St. Thomas. St. Thomas 2-4 on the season. Belmont 6-1. Matt Pluskis, 20 points. Trevor Hahn had 10 points, 11 rebounds for Jim Silly's team. Where will I be tonight for the Patriots game? Belmont. Shooters. Come see me. Coach yeah. Silly. <laughs> Come see. Go see Peter. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> there you go. Hopkinton, a game we covered last night. Uh, the great John Kessie and, and Pete Terry were out there last night. Hopkinton gets a 41-37 win over Conant. Conant falls to 3-3 three three on the season against a pretty tough schedule. Hopkinton's 8-0. Cam Sear had 12. Henry Yanakopoulos and Kevin Newton Delgado with 9 eats. Delgado had a ton of blocks last night. you got to watch this kid on the highlights. He JP looks like 18. Carlos Delgado. Yeah. Remember the dude with the Blue Jays that used to rip homers? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he looks like. Yeah, look on the highlights. I was watching this kid. I texted Saucier late last night. I'm like, who the heck is this kid? JP record 18 points for Conant last night. Kirasaz with a 61-20 win over Fall Mountain. Taylor Matos, 21. Tommy Johnson, 18. Tommy Johnson just gets off the butts and bus and hits buckets. That's what he does. Uh, Mascoma, 44-38 win over Franklin. Franklin falls to 3-4. Mascoma goes 2-4. Alex Schwartz, 23 points for Jim Barry's team. Hillsborough Darien loses to Raymond, 76-50. Raymond with their first win of the season last night. Messina gets a 65-43 win over Newport. Brett Stoffenecker led four different guys in double figures. He had 25. Damon Gibson, I think he had 15 or 19. The stats are on nasportspage.com because I got, I stayed up very late last night. Minadnock with a... Stats don't enter themselves, people. Someone's got to do it. Minadnock 60-50 over Winnesquam. Minadnock is 6-2. Joe Minson, who was previously ignored by us, feel like we're just, just singing his praises. That's all you got to do is yell at Pete at a game. I yell at you back on the radio, and then we start talking about you. Well, That's speaking of getting yelled at at a game, the story goes back to when I went to Messina Conant early in the season. I walked in the gym. I was accosted by some dude who thought I was Dave Haley yeah, and said, you got to be talking about Manadnock. You got to be talking about Joe Mimpson. And I said, okay, well, first of all, I'm not Dave Haley. Second of all, we'll get there. And we have been talking about it last night at the Pratt in Jaffrey, Conan High School. Guess who I see? The guy who yelled at me at Messenic about Manadnock. Kevin Hampsey is his name. Oh, you outed him. Well, I he, Does he know you're not Dave Haley? He knows. <laughs> we kind of chatted a little bit last night, handed me his business card. There's a Hampsey on the roster, uh, Logan Hampsey, who is a uh, junior, so I don't know if it's a son or whatever for Conant, but uh, it's Kevin Hampsey. And I told him, we may very well be covering Manadnock at Messenic on Tuesday night. Yeah. No, we're going to get on to see Manadnock. strong possibility. We're all over the place. We're working hard. i got to get on the horn to Kevin Rines. Division 4 last night, Sunapee gets their second win, 55-27 over Concord Christian last night. Uh, other scores, Derry Field with a double-double from Sam Anderson. He had 14 points and 16 rebounds. Trent Henrik with 16. Andrew Dubral 10. As Derryfield gets back on the winning track with a 61-30 win over Hinsdale last night. They lost early in the week against Epping in a game that we covered. Speaking of Epping, a 69-40 win over PCA last night. I like them. Yeah, Jackson Rivers with 21 points. Bullock Brothers are playing really well. Uh, most importantly, I got to catch up with the big smooth Lewis Atkins last night. He was over at Marshwood in Maine. I think he misses us, Pete. I said, is there anyone like us in uh, in Maine? He said, There's no, no mesportspage.com? No, nah, there just isn't. No. no. There's just no people ranting and raving about Groveton Lisbon scores like me. Oh, hey, here it is. Uh, last night, 50-17 to 17 at halftime, Groveton leading Lisbon. Lisbon was in this thing, and then Sam Natty just didn't make the kind of adjustments Mark Collins really just made better second-half adjustments than him and wins it 84-21. to 21. Austin Lesbos. Meaning I'll take my starters out, put my second team in that's better than your first Meaning team. that just one team is just way better than the other. There's nothing Sam could do. I think so. Groveton had 97 the other night. Yeah. Littleton had <laughs> 97. I had it on a, on a good source that Groveton could have scored 200 last night, but Mark Collins uh, made sure to call the dogs off. 
Austin Lesprince had uh, led four Eagles in double figures. We're going to have Buddy Trask on the show next Saturday. And one thing I want to talk to him about is some of these scores in Division Four and really the reality of some of these programs. I had a coach in D4 tell me he told his team at halftime last week no steals in the second half. And one of the kids said, what happens if they dribble into me? And he said, well, don't pick it up. That's how bad it is in some wow. of these games. Yeah, 84-21, they beat Lizard. Lizard's 4-4. Four and four. Sam might be the coach of the year in that division. Uh, profile got good games out of Dylan Roby and River Baker. They both had 17 points. 63-22 win for Paul Greenlaw's team over Moultonboro. Profile is 5-3 on the season. Had a big third quarter, 20-3, and uh, and kind of ran away with it. So good win for Paul Greenlaw's team. They're beating teams that they should beat, and they're beating them by a lot. So credit to Profile. And I'm kicking myself because I was going to pick Profile to beat Moultonboro, and then I said, you know what? Kind of a, a southern team yeah. against one of those northern teams with an inflated record. I'm going Moultonboro, and they lose by 41. Yeah, yeah. That's tough. I don't know how I did in staff picks. I got to look. I was 9-1 last week. Newmarket with a 73-45 win over Mount Royal. Anthony Sensenbath with 33 points. The the scoring leaders. Uh, so Anthony Sensenbath, kind of funny story, went into the night leading Division Four in scoring, and then he scored 33 points. You would think he would be the leading scorer in Division Four this morning, wouldn't you, Pete Terrier? Yes, you would. He's not. Because Trace Carrier scored 40. Trace Carrier needed 39 to hit 1,000. His grandfather was there, his relatives, his, everybody was celebrating. So he said, hey, I'm going to go hang 40 on Newt. And he does it 97 to 31. 97 to 31, Wilton Linebrough. I think he can only get away with that once. But that, luckily, Scott Curry is the nicest guy in all of the coaching fraternity of New Hampshire. They're 0 8 on the seat. So congratulations to Trey Carrier, kid we've been covering for a long time. Watched him win a championship his sophomore year with his older brother and a kid by the name of Jordan Litz, who was. The best Division Four player I've ever seen. Uh, and a 97-31 win there for Wilton. And finally, Pete desperately wants to know who won the Linwood Canyon-Pittsburgh game 1-6 versus 0-6. And it makes my heart happy to know that Pete genuinely cares who won that game. Because when I first met Pete Terrier, he said, yeah, Nashua teams are fun and Manchester. And uh, <clears throat> I believe that's it. And uh, now, and now I'm, I'm now look desperate at you. looking for that Linwood Canyon-Pittsburgh score. So if anybody has it, feel free to, uh, you know, tweet us uh, at Pete Terrier at NH Sports page, and uh, we'll get that score out to somebody before the game is over. Because I know our next guest doesn't know who won that game because when I went on the HIAA website last night and this morning, was it down? Your score and it wasn't down. Oh, okay, but the Lebanon Plymouth score wasn't even up there. So you got to get on your AD there. Don't aren't you like an assistant principal or something over there at Lebanon, Coach Maddie? Until I was on. Yeah, um, yes, I am, and uh, I don't know why it's not up, but we won 45-42. Good game. I was able to find that through the Valley News, uh, no, valleynews.com. I got the box score from Sully. Mike Sullivan sent him, so you're off the hook, Keith, yeah. for that one. So there you go. He took care of you. Well, Coach, uh, thanks for joining us on the program. We, we want to congratulate you on the milestone win, uh, number 300 earlier in the week. You picked up number 301 last night. About uh, all the time ago when you started, what ninety seven? So this will be—I'm uh, not good at math. So twenty years. Ago. This is my tw- this is my twentieth season. Yeah. So twenty years later, you got yourself three hundred wins. I'm sure you never envisioned that. No, you know it's funny. Um, yeah, I mean we didn't start out. We we were good the first year, but we lost our first game, and then you know I was like, I don't know how long I'm gonna do this. This place is crazy. You know they are so and have continued to be fanatical about basketball. And it kind of took us by surprise, me and my wife. We had a one-week-old KJ at the time, and uh, you know it was uh, it was it was pretty intense. So yeah, we didn't see this happening, but you know how life is, and uh, it's been a great ride. It's been a great you know it's been a great place to bring up my kids, and the basketball the fans are great, and it's a great high school. So I've been very fortunate. And they kind of surprised you with the fact that you had won your 300th, correct? Yeah, actually, um, funny is I thought it happened like not that I put a lot of thought on this, but I thought it happened a week earlier, like when we beat Trinity and uh, in the Christmas tournament, and then I, you know, I just didn't just tried to slide through, I guess, and not make a big deal out of it. I thought maybe I'd tell someone later, but uh, yeah, that Dave Chapin, who's a longtime bookkeeper, assistant coach, keeps me organized, which isn't easy, guy, and. Uh, he told the guys after the game, presented me with the ball, and I'm certain he's right. In the Valley News, also, you know, checked it and made sure, and it was. Yep. Uh, so. I wrote um, 
and I got to see you and sit with KJ and talk to him at the Queen City. And I wrote that I, I felt like the team might have had a little malaise after the injury, you know, a little it been a little bit of a fog after the KJ injury, and that maybe the Queen City brought you out of it. Was that correct? I mean, what was the reaction of that team, and how has things come along um, since then? Well, you know, we were, I mean, the kids were sad for KJ. You know, these guys have been friends their whole lives. And, uh, yeah, it was tough. But, we, you know, we kind of have to create a new identity when you lose, you know, a player like KJ. And uh, I think we did that. It took us a little time to forge a new identity. We really, you know, honed in even more on, you know, being a great defensive team and maybe a little bit more controlled in the quarter court. We're playing a little slower than previous years. But, um, you know, we had to create a new identity, and, and the kids have done that. And, you know, everybody knows Ryan Milliken's a great player, but Graham Chickering has been phenomenal. And then, um, you know, we just have had other kids step into bigger roles than they thought they'd have and have really done a great job with it, like Paul Slabinski and Noah Didabani, who you guys know as the DAP guy, but he's actually <laughs> just a tremendous defensive presence out there on a basketball court. So we, we've had a lot of kids step up, and it's been really rewarding. You know, as hard as it is to see KJ in the walking boot all day, every day, uh, it's, been, it's been great in some respects. So what can you tell us about the injury? Uh, I'm scheduled to cover you guys when you come south for Hollis Brookline next Friday night. Uh, what is KJ's status? So he'll actually get another extra. So he got an extra about two weeks ago, and they said no. So we, he's got to go back and get another X-ray. I don't know if it's late next week or early the following week, but we'll know then. I. I think there's a really good chance he's going to play pretty soon. Probably not next Friday. We're going to we're going to be cautious with this. This is a very similar uh, injury to what Kevin Durant had a couple of years ago, and he came back too soon and just broke it. So we're you know we're trying to keep the big picture in mind as much as it's driving him crazy. So we're going to be cautious and make sure he's there at the end. What what is your outlook on uh, Division Two uh, Portsmouth? You know, we covered them last night. The team you lost uh, in the championship game to last year, really competitive game. They're cruising right now in Division One, but it's a different outlook with them. You know, Pelham's back and they're gone. You guys are the favorites uh, preseason number one, but I mean, this is there's a lot of good teams in Division Two. What do you see when you look around and or, or, or you know scout around the division? Well, well, first of all, like you know, hats off to Portsmouth. They're so good, and then there's a you know on their own choice, petition up, and then just keep that level of play. I mean, I'll tell you, there's 22 people not surprised at all, none of the 22 coaches yeah. in Division Two, And Jim does such a good – I mean, they don't let up, you know. The one thing about Portsmouth is, is that, you know, last year we kind of hung with them for a while, but, you know, the second you let up with them, they're going to they're gonna run off 10 straight points and they're going to shut you out. And, you know, so they're so good, so I'm not surprised. Tell Justin I've been there when you talk to him later. Yeah. So, <laughs> I have the same PTSD he has right now. <laughs> but, um, you know, Division Two, it's, it's, it's pretty wide open. I mean, Plymouth had every opportunity last night to win the game against us, and I'm not sure. You know, I'm not saying we played bad. You know, they played great last night, Plymouth, and there was an opening for them. And so, you know, it's pretty wide open. I haven't seen Pelham play yet, but... Milford's very good. Cole Brown's very good. Brady's very good. Um, obviously, Hollis is really good. I, I don't know what happened last night. Manchester West is very capable. There's don't, a lot of pretty good teams. And you I, know, if I don't want you, to, I'm going to interrupt you because I don't. You're my friend. I don't want you to get attacked on social media. Say Timberlane's good. <laughs> there you go. Well, you don't want them on you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't want to get a Twitter attack. But. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, it, and really, it's, it's early in the year, and we're not sure who anybody really is yet. You know, I know we have a long way to go. We played great at Christmas, and then, you know, last night we looked very vulnerable. So, you know, it's, 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 it's early to tell. It's early to tell. Let's talk about Christmas. Keith Maddie is our guest from Lebanon. 301 wins now after the victory last night against How many? Plymouth. That's a quick question. How many coaches have won 300 games that are out there now? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. With Active well, coaches? Know, um, yeah. I, I got to give a shout-out to my buddy, like, and Pete mentioned it, but ironically, I get 300 wins, which is you know kind of rare. And Tim Keogh, our girls coach, he got 500 wins. He's Man. Like, he's like, I don't know how old he is, but he's not much older than me. But uh, That's unbelievable. You know, I, I'll tell you, Dave Smith has 500 and you might have 900 wins over at Cole Brown. No, he's he's well over 500. And, uh, you know, Buddy, I don't know how many wins Buddy Buddy's has. got over 500. I know yeah. that. Yeah. 
and Gary Janess has a bunch. I, you know, there's a lot of guys out there. Mark Collins has over 300. We would all say the same yeah. thing. I think Mark it just means we're old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead, just, yeah, Pete. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, let's talk about the Queen City Invitational, where last year you guys really, I think, enjoyed the opportunity to be involved, uh, to play in that caliber of a, of a holiday tournament. A lot of Division One schools, uh, and then it didn't go so well on the court. This year, you were back for your second year, and you guys won that tournament. Uh, and I think you won it pretty comfortably in all three games you played. I don't remember what the scores were. But talk about being involved in beat that tournament. Beat a really good Bedford team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you beat Bedford. Was that the championship game? or no, it was the semis. Or Exeter. Was, Tell, to re- refresh us on, on what went down in the Queen City and, and what that meant to your program. Well, we, uh, it was great. You know, it's like we, we, you know, the kids strive for recognition. You know, they, they put in so much time and effort and they do stuff. They they do everything we ask, and uh, so we want you know a couple of years ago. Hey, let's go to let's go to the Queen City. You know, let's let's go to the best tournament we can go to. So um, you know, we went. We kind of flopped the year before, and you know I, I don't know if we flopped because Bedford we lost to Bedford the first round, won our next two, but Bedford and Bedford's good. Um, but like this year is really special. You know, the, we played Dover, who's pretty good. You know, as you can see, they're they're starting to win some games. Uh, we beat a really good Bedford team. I, I, I think Bedford, I am never going to say anyone's going to beat Portsmouth, but, you know, Bedford has a physical presence to play with Portsmouth next week. And then, um, you know, we played Trinity in, the, in, you know, playing Manchester School in the finals of the Queen City's a special event. We got to play Trinity. That was neat. And we played well in those three games. So, yeah, we're excited. It was, it was very exciting. So I hope they have us back. All right, Coach. Well, we really appreciate it. Best of luck with KJ and the medical reports. I mean, I'm sure we could find out. Like, we'll get McIsaac on this. Wait. He'll find you some kind of, like, witch doctor type of uh, <laughs> treatment. Yeah. Wait, is the – is Keith, is the Pete Terrier jinx over with, right? Were, were we done with this? Didn't you have a Pete Terrier? Yeah, share you every broke time? that last year. Yeah, they beat West. They broke that last year. Oh, just, thank God. But, uh, yeah, no, we, we definitely broke that last Are we going to see you guys next week? I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there in Hollis, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a great I think. game. And, uh, I think. Okay, well, yeah, I hope we hope, and we understand you're a busy guy. But, no, we'll uh, be there. Yeah, we hope we see you guys next week. Yeah, the, the the jinx was officially over at Manchester West last year. That's right. But I don't think we've ever won a game when you've come up to come up to Lebanon. So I'll just throw that out. There. I'm well, coming up there. At some we were point. talking okay. earlier in the show, Keith, about when my radio career started, and actually the gym that I broadcasted my first ever game that I got paid to do it was Lebanon High School. And I'm sure, Coach, were you on the staff with, with Coach Metcalf in 1991? No, no. no. I All was right. in school. I was in college trying so, to get through. So this was uh, probably December of 1991 when I made the trek for a Conval-Lebanon basketball game. And I think Conval won the game, but it was 1991. And uh, that, that's where I made my debut, Lebanon High School, in my first yeah. ever broadcast, yes. And, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, it's actually still pretty cool, but it's always been. There's nothing. There's no better entertainment in Lebanon on a Friday night than, or where you can get more fun for two bucks or whatever it is, than uh, laying Metcalf gym on a Friday night. So it's kind of fun. I do well, like that. What too. about a Tuesday night? I'm looking at your schedule here. Tuesday, February 21st, Milford comes a calling. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? That, that'll be. That's going to be a great game. That's one that we've kind of circled to. You know, they they could very well be undefeated at that point. Yeah. So. That'd be cool, Battle yeah. of Unbeatens. Yeah, Vanskevich. It's and, early yeah. for me to say that. I think I just jinxed us. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right, Coach, thanks so much, and uh, we really that. appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you when you get to 400, okay? How's that? Yep, I'll see you guys then. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. <laughs> Keith Matty from Lebanon uh, joining us on the phone. we got to take a break, come back. We'll get Justin McIsaac on the phone. If he answers the call he's still after hole. his Red Raiders got beat up last night, in Portsmouth, uh, Spalding Week is over, and it ended with a thud. All that and more on the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show when we return. ESPN New Hampshire and NHSportsPage.com. Twelve fifty ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports. These days, you need to know your college investment is moving you forward. Great Bay Community College gets that. 
They have new high-demand programs, including bioengineering, sales and digital marketing, liberal arts, English, history, and psychology. There are opportunities for internships and leadership development and transfer pathways to a four-year college. All this at a tuition you can afford. Great Bay Community College. Enroll now. Drop by admissions today. No appointment necessary. Tuesdays from 9 to 3. Find out more at greatbay.edu. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Outdoor Almanac with Peter St. James. Brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal. Did you know that feeding the deer makes them vulnerable to predation, disease, collisions with vehicles, and it makes it easy for them to stop foraging for food? Training them to come to your house may be a hit with the grandchildren, but you're hurting them more than you know. Fed deer tend to travel more in the winter going between feeding sites, which causes them to exhaust their fat stores. Unfed deer tend to travel less, stay in natural winter deer yards, and conserve their resources to survive the winter. The natural survival strategies that have served them well for generations. The same thing applies to feeding wild turkeys. It shouldn't be done because it too creates a host of potential problems. Doesn't take long for coyotes to figure out that you're feeding the deer and turkeys. And to coyotes, that's like ringing the dinner bell. Don't diminish deer or turkeys' natural wariness of humans. You could be creating more problems than winter does. Outdoor Almanac is brought to you by New Hampshire Fish and Games Wildlife Journal, the magazine for people with outside interests. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights. I don't know if there's going to be a return of the Mac after the smackdown last night that the Fighting McIsaacs took in Portsmouth at the Stone Gym. It was the Portsmouth Clippers uh, saying, here's a 76-42 beatdown over the Spalding Red Raiders. Justin McIsaac, are you there? We're on to Alvern, Pete. You're on to Alvern. Yep. We're on to Alvern. <laughs> the 4-1 and one Alvern Broncos. <laughs> well, good luck with that one, then. <laughs> yeah. We're on to Stendhal's uh, Paper Tigers there, the Alvern Broncos. <laughs> so where did it go wrong for your Red Raiders last night, Justin? I think shortly after the opening tip is where <laughs> things went downhill. Uh no, it's uh, Dave and I were talking about this last night. Portsmouth might be, and, and I, I, I tend to use hyperbole now and then, and I swear I'm not using it right now. They might be a transcendent team after high school basketball because that is not a lousy Spalding team last that, that they faced last night, and they just manhandled them. Just, just they just come in waves. They don't miss. They, uh, everybody can shoot. They play tenacious defense. They're the most complete team I've ever seen. And, and Jim told me this summer, he said, I'm going to play 10 guys because I feel like I have to in Division One. And I thought he was nuts. I said, you can't play 10 guys. They're not good enough. Yeah, yes, they are. They are. They are. They have their bench guys out there in Division One, and they look, They don't. you don't notice. You don't even know that they're their bench guys. Yeah, and uh, I don't think the younger guys for Spalding looked a little intimidated last night. Cal looked fine, of course. He's a senior leader. Uh, Matt Roy, you know, didn't have his best game, but he didn't look like he was rattled. But, you know, Ari Brakefield looked a little, you know, a little bit. I mean, he was a kid as a freshman last year that went to Merrimack and had a monster game and had a monster playoff game in Exeter. But last night, I mean, there was probably, what, 1,200 people in that gym maybe? Yeah, it had to that be. That was the, big, the biggest crowd I've ever seen at Portsmouth High School. Uh, you know, Brakefield looked a little bit, uh, you know, looked like a sophomore. Isaiah Rose played like a freshman last night. So, it's, it's, it, but a lot of that has to do with Portsmouth, so. Let's talk a little bit about the Winnicunit Spalding game earlier in the week. Spalding able to come away with a, a four-point victory in that one. 
when it kind of seems to be a team that's headed in the wrong direction. What, have they lost three in a row after going 4-0 to start the season? Yeah, that's going to be uh, the, the toughest loss I've ever – one of the toughest losses I've ever heard of last night that uh, when it kind of took uh, – committing a foul on a three-pointer with less than a second to go. That's uh, I, Jay McKenna and I are headed to Boston tomorrow for a concert, and I don't think we're going to say one word about the game. Or it might be the other way. It might be all we talk about the entire way there and back. So it's uh, – the. Uh, they, they, they're kind of certainly as talent. I'm not sure what's going on at the moment, though. I just think it's the, the fine line between Lynn's losses and that division, you know what I mean, is, is really thin. And, uh, you know, and, and they miss Jack Shockey. I mean, he might yeah. be their second or third best player. Now his brother, Freddie, as a senior, I think is playing the best of his career. I think he's playing really well. But, um, you know, they need to get kids like Zach Waterhouse more looks. And, you know, Logan Keene had 11 points last night. That's a really good sign. Um, but they just need more consistency. Uh, with that, but uh, do we want to discuss your throwing your headset at the table? Because uh, the audio sounded great on video uh, for everybody out there looking at the highlights this morning. Uh, that was quite a moment. I think it could be a year-end highlight that you just made. Yeah, Sean Parham got fouled um, just outside the left elbow, <laughs> and then uh, he got it. it, it if this if this continuation was called in the NBA, a coach would have got beat up. It was such a it was a, uh, it, was, it was one of the one of the most bizarre calls I've seen in high school. Yeah, got fouled for about seventeen feet from the basket. Kept going, laid it up. They scored the bucket and the foul, and and I, I lost control of my faculties for a few moments there. <laughs> uh, let's uh, talk some Division Three. You got a chance to see the Summersworth Toppers and cover that game on video last weekend, and this is a team that's seven and one. Also a team that when we saw the uh, their game one score at Berlin, they won by 31, everybody thought, man, did that get messed up on the NHIAA website? Do we have the score, <laughs> you know, the wrong team winning here? But 7-1, and one, one of the top teams in D3 right now, your take on them. They haven't played the toughest schedule. Uh, they lost a game to Interlakes uh, in Meredith by 30. They did have that good win on the road at Berlin, but – They've played some of the lesser lights, so to speak, in D three so far. Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, their 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 records have been inflated, like I said, by the schedule. I mean, they're they've got some talent. I think they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be a pesky team in the in the playoffs. It's uh, it's sixteen teams making it this year, I believe. Uh, instead of the normal twenty eight, they make it in Division three. But I feel like they can win a playoff game and give somebody you know uh, somebody a fit in a quarterfinal game. But they're they're small. I mean, there's they've got a little bit of size, but not a ton. If they play a team. Uh, like Kearstars, they're going to get uh, manhandled on the boards. But uh, you know, bright and early can play. A chance Innis uh, can play. They, they they got some young kids coming up too. They're they're, they're fun, and they, that game against Winnesquam was a bit sloppy on both sides. But uh, I mean, they got athletes. Um, Rob Fossey's doing a good job getting that program turned around. That, that program was in a bad way for the last couple of years, and you know, sometimes you got to win, and then you get good. And I think that might be what's going on with Summersworth. Yeah, another team. What's going on? Oh, no. What's going on? Uh, you know, it's it's rare. It hasn't happened in a while, but something came across the wire. Yeah, breaking news. There's breaking news. There's oh, no. breaking. And again, this hasn't happened in I think I know, a year. I know where this led last year. I, I think I think it's last time was last year, but unfortunately, from what I can understand, Chris Coase has been banned from the Lisbon Biddy Basketball what? Tournament. He can't go oh, to the... No. So, no if he wants, Biddy Basketball. So, if Chris Coates wants to recruit fourth graders from Lisbon, he can't go to... Is that what you're... Ta- are you telling me this, that? This is what the news is saying. This is what The Wire is saying. <sighs> I only read right. the news. Oh, Justin. This is shocking. Are we sure that's not one of those... Planted Russian fake news. Stories. Yeah, exactly. I will. I will put my people on it. Where what if, is it a WikiLeak? Yeah. What if he's driving through Franconia right now? Oh, this oh is, goodness. It's a shame because Chris Coates banned me from going to the Rim facility, which I now work with. So uh, last year, and and, and really. <laughs> People have been, there's been repercussions, and I never asked the Lisbon Biddy Basketball Tournament to ban him, but unfortunately, Chris Coates needs to get out. He can't go there. That's that's a shame. Thank you for breaking that news. The Lisbon Biddy Basketball Tournament does not mess around. They rule with an iron fist. No, and they will if he walks through that door in his, his old cotton sweatpants he likes to wear. So, all right, so back to what happened last night. Do you think Portsmouth legitimately can go undefeated in Division One? Yeah, I don't know who's going to beat them. I mean, every, everybody you talk to, including Jim Mulvey, thought that game was going to be pretty close last night because, you know, both both teams know each other pretty well. They play together in the offseason. Uh, you know, both coaches are excellent. 
And it wasn't it, – it, was, it was over after the first quarter. It was over. Uh, so, I don't know. If Spalding's not going to give him a game, I mean, the only, we, we were trying to think of maybe where Portsmouth could slip up. And we identified maybe like a Tuesday night on the road. And I think the, the, the at Merrimack on uh, Valentine's Day might be the uh, – if they're going to slip, that might be the one. But otherwise, I, I just don't see it. Here's where I think that they could run into an upset – and that's at UNH, where it's harder to shoot there. We don't. We very rarely see teams come in there and have great shooting performances. We see a lot of those games kind of turn into rock fights. But I think it's a, it's a harder gym to shoot at. It's a obviously it's a college gym. The background is different, and so forth and so on. And Portsmouth hits so many jumpers, so many threes. That's one. I'm not saying they would struggle there, but I'm just saying that that could be a place where they're not getting the kind of three point shooting they do in other gyms. Do you agree with that? Maybe, but I mean, they're there every year, so it's not like it's the place they're not used to playing. Yeah. I mean, going going to, going to Lundholm for Portsmouth, it's like it's like when Spalding goes to Dover. It's like, oh yeah, we go here every year. Yeah, we're used to shooting here. Yeah, but teams <laughs> don't shoot. They didn't, but they didn't shoot great there last year either. Not against Lebanon and not against Bishop Brady. I'm, no, I'm, but they could get to the bat. I mean, if if they're not shooting well, they could get to the basket. They could go down low to Joey Glenn. I mean, uh, Sean Parham gets the cup. I'm trying to keep some intrigue inside. in this season. Well, all right, I got the schedule in front of me. All right, they're off until Friday. They welcome in five and one Bedford. I think Bedford has a chance, but I give the edge to Portsmouth. In staff picks, I'm picking Portsmouth. Okay, I don't know if I'll put it at Trinity at BG Concord. Exeter comes to Portsmouth on February seventh. Now Exeter's a team that can shoot. So that could be that could be if Exeter shoot the ball well, that could be interesting. I don't think they could beat Portsmouth, but it could be a little closer than you think. You mentioned the Merrimack game on Valentine's Day. That's in Merrimack, at Londonderry uh, before that, and then they play. Here it is, the Purple Panthers of no. National <laughs> South are coming rolling across one hundred and one into Stone Gem and walking out of there with a victory. February seventeenth, Friday. Mark it down. As someone who just spent the last two weeks building up his alma mater and, and, and erasing all the goodwill he had built up with the people of Portsmouth over the last eight years, <laughs> just, just, just bail out right now. Was, <laughs> was Jim Mulvey not the coach that said to you this offseason in the summertime, some kid from Nashua South lit us up for like 50 yeah. in a summer league game? He did. I'm talking about Kevin Janow. Kevin Janow went nuts on them this summer. So, yeah. All right. I'm not buying that. Then it's not happening. At Salem. <laughs> At, that that could be a tough game. At Salem's going to be a tough game. At Winnicott, February 24th? Yeah, I mean, those kids know each other well. That's the end of the season. That will be a packed gym. Uh, Sean Sendall is shaking his head and pointing at his screen. I wonder what he wants to say. March 2nd, <laughs> they'll have locked up the top seed. They will rest their starters. McIsaac just and they will get a loss. McIsaac just hot breathed you on the air. <laughs> the Broncos coming to town will take down those Clippers as they rest. They're gonna their ride starters. into town. McIsaac, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried that on a, a, a future appearance we're gonna go. Do you remember when Alvin was four and one? Sam Bonnie Lyles is already gonna start tweeting about you right no! now. No, I don't want no you part don't want of it. No, I do not. What do you got coming up on MOSN next week, Justin? Well, Tuesday night we are uh, we are going to be uh, back at Stone Gymnasium for the Portsmouth girls. They are six and one. They got a, Divi- a Division One committed player, Libby Underwood. She's going to William and Mary. Uh, they're taking on. Uh, I believe Merrimack Valley finally lost the game, seven and one. Merrimack Valley. That'll be a good Division Two girls. I, I think we're going to cover that on N Eight Sports Page. Our first girls regular season game Tuesday night. So I think we're going to cover Dick that is game. Itching, she's itching to get to Stone I, I think I'm going to release the Hounds and and have Jen Chick go over there. <laughs> So, yeah, I think I think we're going to cover that, which is really exciting for us to cover girls basketball, so we'll do a lot of hype for that. And that'll be a good one, too. That's two top teams in Division Two, so that'll be a, a good matchup. Uh, Wednesday, Great Bay basketball doubleheader. I believe it's taking on Southern Maine. And then uh, I, somehow I left Friday open. I think maybe uh, that we, we, we might have to pencil in Spalding and Albert for that one. Whoa. I better see a lot of snaps of that Broncos win. That's that's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll negotiate. I'll get you to Rochester somehow <laughs> for that one, Sendall. All right, Justin. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, Patriots score? I was just going to say, yeah. What yeah. do you got tonight? Uh, 36-10. 36-10. That's generous. 36-10 <laughs> Texans, right? Yeah, yeah, the brocketing happens tonight. Brock Osweiler goes nuts. Now. 36 10 Patriots. And uh, yeah, it's almost like a second bye week. And who's it going to be coming into Foxborough for AFC Championship game? 
listen, everybody's picking Pittsburgh. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to pick Andy Reid in the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to say uh, a rematch of the last year's divisional round. That's a tough place to win, Kansas City. I'm so glad. That's why I yeah. wanted the Patriots Especially to get the top Especially when it's covered seed. with two inches of ice. Yeah, that's a tough place yeah. to win at. And they, they have unbelievable fans in Kansas City over there. I, I think uh, a, a well... Uh, it, uh, uh, well uh, dressed uh, with about five layers on Elliot Bless, our partner will probably be at that Kansas City Chiefs game. Did I tell you guys possible, the story yeah. about how I went to the Patriots Monday Night Football game against Kansas City in Kansas City back in two thousand four, maybe two thousand five, and I threw a sausage at a young Chiefs fan that was heckling us because we were Patriot <laughs> fans in the stands. <laughs> A fourteen-year-old girl. That's not like very mature. Got a sausage thrown at her by a guy me. who doesn't like conflict. Wow. Throwing sausages we at fourteen-year-old kids. Been tailgating a little bit prior to that game. <laughs> the dark side of Pete Terrier. That's right. That's like that guy that threw a piece of pizza on the uh, the Red Sox telecast. Not Arcillo's finest moment. Yeah, absolutely. Was, you were almost that guy. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. Justin, thanks so much. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, boys, have fun. All right, Justin McIsaac, the McIsaac on Sports. Did, Network. Did you see the interview with Portsmouth on the I highlights? Did not. I pulled him in halfway through. You did? Yeah, he came on and and then he said, "I'm I'm tired of this. Get me did out of here." Did he bow down yeah, to he them? Bowed out. Yeah, he wasn't happy. All right, we'll take a time out. Come back. We'll wrap up the show. We'll take a look ahead at some of the big games uh, on the horizon this week. Try and figure out where our coverage plans are going to lead us. Uh, it is the New Hampshire High School Hoop Show. NHSportsPage.com. ESPN New Hampshire. <laughs> 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for Friday Night Lights. In southern New Hampshire, there's only one choice when it comes to the best in orthopedic care. New Hampshire Orthopedic Center has been providing award-winning treatment for all orthopedic conditions for over 40 years. Chances are one of our physicians has helped someone you know get back in motion. Voted best orthopedic office by union leader three years running. Voted top doctors 30 times by peers in New Hampshire Magazine. Tell your primary care physician you'd like to see a specialist at New Hampshire Orthopedic Center. We keep bodies in motion. Visit NHOC.com for more information. Imagine this. Your 13-year-old son is at his friend's house. There's probably a bunch of them, all hanging out in the basement. They're watching TV or maybe playing video games. There's lots of joking around, laughing, maybe some roughhousing, and maybe they're doing shots of whiskey in between beers. And maybe one has gone into the liquor cabinet to see what else he can find. Imagine your kid doing that. New Hampshire ranks second in the nation in alcohol use among 12 to 20-year-olds. And almost a third of our teens report that they started drinking before they were 15. You can check the stats at checkthestatsnh.org. As parents, we want to protect our kids, but we have to start now before it's too late. Learn how you can make a difference in your child's life at checkthestatsnh.org and help the partnership for a drug-free New Hampshire. Start the conversation today. 1250 ESPN New Hampshire, Manchester's home for high school sports. I'm lightheaded. Just phenomenal. Warrant bringing us back. What? It's Winger. Sorry. I get those guys confused. The New Hampshire High School Hoop and Hair Show. Pete Terrier, Dave Haley, Sean Sandal doing the honors for us one final time as uh, he's moving on to uh, bigger and uh, better Broke breaking things. news today. Going to work for Boston College. Way to go. Wait, so I'm going to the North Carolina game. Are you going to be down there? Yeah, can you that get gay? us tickets? No, I, I got Can tickets. you get us tickets? Um, that, I'll be at, I mean, I'm right next to the Conti Pavilion, so I'm uh, my building is right there. So, like, to get together for... <clears throat> What time are you coming down? Yeah. Right, it's a, like a noon game. Yeah, so I got to leave oh, well, early well, a couple weeks from now. Well, maybe you can listen to some game. I thought, it was a, I thought that was a weeknight game. I thought the UNC game was a weeknight game. Saturday. Oh. I mean, I, I live close enough. All right, well, yeah. maybe we should talk. All right, let's talk. Off, yeah. off of live radio. <laughs> Speaking of little uh, hair uh, bands, did you hear the big announcement coming to the SNU yeah. Arena? 
Def Leppard. <laughs> poison. Along with Poison and Tesla. Yes. I'm yeah. very excited about that. Wait, I want to make sure I get my rant in before because I've been waiting to rant. For All right, me. just quickly here. Campbell at Belmont. You'll have that covered on Tuesday night, NH Sports page on video. Yes. Okay. What are, What else for the week? Uh, we're doing an NHTI game on Wednesday night. Oh, who? Yeah. Okay. I think they're playing a uh, school from Vermont, but we're going to do NHTI coverage, and then uh, we're going to do what, Hallsbrook line? little Joe Simpson uh, Yeah, coverage? little Joe Simpson. Yeah. Excited to see him. Yeah. And I'm debating Tuesday night, do I make the drive back to New Ipswich, Manadnock, the Huskies, and Joe Minson against the Messinic Vikings? That's a possibility for Tuesday night. There was a couple other possibilities as well, but uh, yes, Lebanon. At Hollis Brookline on Friday for me, and I think we're also covering Bishop Brady and West on Friday, possibly. I think so. I think so. All right, so it's an interesting week. you got the big Portsmouth-Bedford matchup later in the week. Um, so that should be interesting as this thing plays out uh, over the course of the next few days. All right, so here's my rant. So um, starting times of these games. So here's the week. I want to first give uh, a shout-out. And a thank you to Russ Wilson, the AD at Portsmouth, and uh, Tom Kozakowski, my buddy over there, Cause uh, Last night, the JV game, we walked in. So what's been happening lately is Jen and I and Justin are walking into these gyms at, for a 6.30 start. We're walking in at 5.50, 5.45, and the JV game is in the fourth quarter. And and on Tuesday night for Winnicott and Spalding was running time. So, so what happened last night is those guys – the game got over at six. They put twenty five minutes on the clock, and then they had a ceremony for a uh, a Portsmouth resident, a, a former donor, really generous guy who had passed away recently. They had a nice um, a ceremony for him and a, and a moment of silence, which was really nice. The game tipped off at six thirty. Okay, on Tuesday night we go over to Winnicunit. We get there at five fifty five, and literally there's four minutes of running time left in the JV game. And the athletic director at Winnicott does a really nice job, but she was like, no, we're starting in 15 minutes. So Jen, had, we had to hustle in. This isn't about us. What my problem is is at 6.10 they start the game, or 6.05 I think it was. I think it was 6.05. So there wasn't much of a crowd. Guess what happened at 6.30? About 100 people walked in because guess what? The game's supposed to start at 6.30. Well, they walk in and they're like, there's six minutes left in the second quarter. So I just think if you've got a big rivalry game, listen, if Guilford's playing Sanborn on a Tuesday night, no one cares when that starts, but parents, students, people plan around when people don't just show up 30 minutes, no offense to see the end of the JV game. So you start these games 20, 25 minutes early because everybody wants to get home earlier. I just think it's like, you know, it's not doing the game a service and not doing the kids. Like imagine last night if Russ Wilson had said, we're starting this thing at 6.10. There was a line, Pete, of people walking in at 6.30 when the game was tipping off. They all would have missed 20 minutes of that game, and the game would have been over. It was 20 to 7. So it's just unfortunate that a lot of these teams, I'm seeing it more and more, they just start the game as quickly as they can, and people show up at the right time, and they're, in fact, late. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happened to me the other night. I went to a game at Derry Field. supposed to start at 6.30. It started like 20 past 6. That's not bad. This game started at 6.05. And I mean, but I just think it's too bad because parents and and students plan a 6.30. You say the game starts at 6.30 and then it starts at 6.05. It's really inconvenient for people. All right. All the time we have. Want to thank Keith Maddy. Want to thank Eric Saucier. Want to thank Brett LaFlem from Adrenaline Fundraising. Want to thank Justin McIsaac. Want to thank Sean Sendall for doing a great job with us. Thanks to the Biddy Basketball Tournament in Lisbon. For Dave Haley, I'm Pete Terrier. Enjoy the weekend, everybody.